welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. Uh, my name is Andrew Schrader. I am Oliver Purcell. And I'm Gavin Murray. Awesome. So, Ulrich uh, and Gavin, I um, wanted to do a little podcast episode today as like a little bonus because there are eight days left in the alternate crowdfunding campaign. And we had done a <laughs> kickoff episode. Is it- oh, no, it's oh, great. Okay. It's amazing. Eight days left. Just like when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, gosh. I w- Remember when it was 10 days left? That was nice when it was 10 days left. Now it's eight days. <laughs> it's moving so fast. Yeah, it's moving very fast. Yeah, so I thought we could do a little episode where we check in and see how Ulrich's doing through all this and um, get your thoughts and how you're feeling about the project as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Well, f- first off, w- I want to set it up that we're actually in uh, sunny Los Angeles, California, you know, all three of us in live in person, which is unusual for the show, which I really like, you know. And uh, one of the reasons why we are here live in person is because we all three attended the Just Shoot It live show last night um, on October 20th at the Rita house and you know we ran into Gavin there and it was fun to see Gavin I wasn't actually expecting to see Gavin but uh yeah it was it was a really fun show so why don't we start with that before we get into all the alternate stuff like what did you guys think of the live show it's my third live show had you guys been to a live show before this was my second uh that I've made it to that's my first yeah and Andrew you don't even listen to the show right yeah I've listened like a couple episodes (laughs) before but I had a great time those they're like really good hosts yeah they're great they they do a good job yeah great great panel too that they got to come out yeah um not to like you know be negative nancy but i feel like uh there i went to their very first live show and they had a whole bunch of guests and i think that you know it was great and it was fun but like you didn't really get to dig in with any guests really because there were so many of them and they all had to say things and this one it was essentially four guests i mean yeah four guests it was four they kind of counted two as one though two there were one right identical uh brothers that spoke as one they might right. not have been identical they looked very no, they're, similar. they're not identical but they look identical. they're going to be on the show really soon too um yeah so it was four people i was trying to remember if there was a third person another person but yes it was four people but essentially three guests because two of them were the same project and they switched off sentences but um uh, well not really but kind of yeah now i feel bad <laughs> <laughs> well drew drew and brett we love you let's just put it that way they're great we got to i got to chat with them after the show and uh pick their brains about their film the wretched which you know they're just releasing and taking around to film festivals now it looks like an awesome movie so i can't wait to see it um but yeah i don't know so i've been to shows before but what i was trying to say was like i think it's a way better when it's fewer guests when they've got four guests versus six guests or five guests or whatever they had before it just makes it like a way better conversation because you kind of get into things a little bit deeper with each person and like it doesn't feel like so spread thin yeah definitely i mean i haven't seen the other ones to compare it to but i had a great time and who was the so there was the writer Daniel Casey I think his name was he did he's writing oh, Furious yeah. Nine. Oh my god I can't wait I didn't get to really fanboy over him very much um I didn't actually meet him but uh yeah Fury I love the Fast and Furious movies so I really I had a lot of questions but that was fun because they kind of covered that in the show and they like you know they made a lot of Fast and Furious references that I was loving um about like you know we know the movie's gonna end with a barbecue so like what could you spoil and that's like pretty much true all those movies end with a barbecue. It's all going to be about family. All those movies are about family. So, you know, but uh, I don't know. I love those movies. I'm really excited to see what he does with it. Yeah, they're a total blast. I I will note he did not confirm. We, you know, maybe this one's not about family. Is it not about family? Maybe maybe this one doesn't end at a grill. No, I can't. I can't live with that being the truth. It has to end with a grill and it has to be about family. Or I'm not going, I swear. Um, 
Yeah, no, it was great. I think the new because I, I the other two I went to weren't at that venue, but I think that venue is really great for um for the live shows because it's like small and not too big, but there's enough room and everyone can talk and yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, then the the other person was uh, Roxy. I forget her last name. She did the movie Painkillers and she's oh done yeah Dark Roxy Web for she, Amazon. What was it? She, I believe. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, Roxy She, nice. Yeah, she she was really cool. They all just had really good knowledge and everyone was honest about like. They just see everyone was just very honest about you know raising money in particular. Oh yeah, and like having to drive Lyft was something that came up. Right, and I right. just I really like that. We don't talk about that stuff enough. I don't think. Yeah, they really seem to get into the fact that movies, making movies at least, is is hard. Yeah, they did, and that you have to just shoot it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, um, I'm I'm always really touched when I hear about directors who've had to make a living after their feature. Like that's still like a very real moment that even after you've made your first feature, I remember um, forgetting the name of the guy who directed Medicine for Melancholy, uh, Barry Jenkins. Oh yeah, Barry, yeah. And that story of him like working construction after his first feature. <laughs> right, And right. his coworker recommending his own movie to him, not realizing that he'd made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's great. Yeah, and he's like, what are you doing here? What's, what's happening? So yeah, independent film doesn't pay that well. <laughs> oh God! After the second movie in particular, I was so beat up. I was like, "Oh well, I don't know what to do. I'm out in Texas. I'm gonna drive delivery for a bit because I just was like sick of writing and making stuff." So I think I just did delivery jobs for like six months or something. I I don't think I really wrote wow. for like a year, and then that's how I made my. That was the only year that I didn't write for a living. But oh wow, that was a weird one. Crazy. Yeah, I, I it was it was fun. Dan talked about being broke and like struggling as a filmmaker. It was really good. They got they got real. They weren't. It wasn't like phony. Not to say that any of the other live shows that they've had phony guests. It's just it's just really nice when you get the really raw, honest opinions. And then it's just fun. Like the audiences are great. Like Audrey Moore, who has been on their show before and has her own podcast, was there. So I got to chat with Audrey afterwards, and she was sitting right behind us. And I got asked a question, and Audrey asked a question. It's like, of course. The podcasters always want to ask fucking questions. <laughs> like, can't stop help ourselves, you know? Um, but yeah, lots of other really wonderful people, like the Perez brothers that I know from the Bay Area were there with Gavin. They were awesome to see those guys. And Yeah, they were cool. They live right around here. Yeah. Right, right down the street from me. But they actually live in the Bay Area. Can't, can't break up their myth, you know? Edit um, it. Edit. <laughs> um, yeah, and just, you know, some of the familiar faces, like Jesse Mendelson's a guy who goes to all those, so I got to chat with Jesse a bit. It's just fun to see all the people, the community kind of grow, and, you know, it's like a constant reminder that, like, Bay Area has this great filmmaking community, but L.A. has the same kind of love and powerful film community as well, and it's not like... I used to think when I was younger that L.A. was like a nasty, mean place, but it's actually just as nice as the Bay Area. Everyone's really cool. That was one thing that... um both Roxy and uh, the brothers from uh, the wretched, the wretched. That's right. Um, kept hammering home was like finding community uh, down here, and LA is a oh, big right. place that's very spread out. But that just means that there's a lot of people here to form a community that is smaller and tighter, and people helping out each other on their projects. It's really cool to just see that reiterated. On yeah, they were so free with advice. I got to pick uh, Drew, Brett, and Roxy's brain after the show, and like ask them direct questions about the alternate, which was because I'm like going into making that movie right now. So it was just awesome to be like, what would you guys do? And then like to hear like somebody who's making a movie that costs way more than my movie and like their the reality of their casting 
And it's like, oh my God, if they had that much budget and I have X amount of budget, like, yeah, just go with the actors I know. It's like kind of the advice that they gave. But they're like, yeah, but don't, you know, take the meetings, like see what's going on, figure it out. But, you know, just be prepared that that's probably the best choice for you. You know, that's one thing that I've heard multiple times, too, is like after the movie's done, whatever actor you've got, that was the perfect actor. And that's the way that that movie needed to happen. (laughs) Everyone says that. And, you know, it, it, it rings true. Right. Well, my friend Isaac doesn't say that. No offense to uh, TK out there uh, who doesn't listen to the show, but uh, that's one of the things that he's like, he's like, you know, he he felt like he made not necessarily the best choice for his lead in his feature. And so he's always saying to me, like, be sure not to make that same mistake. You know, like, don't go with the person who is around and available just because they're around and available. Make sure they're also a really good actor. And I think that's also really good advice. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it's, I'm still figuring it out. So maybe maybe by the end of the like last week of the crowdfunding campaign, I can make an actor announcement. But I don't know. It might have to be a little bit later than that. We'll see. Right on. Any last words about the lovely just shoot at live show, guys? Like anything else you want to say about that maybe, experience? Maybe feel a lot better in terms of like I don't know. It's easy to get down on yourself, like making a movie or two, and then being like, well, I still have to make a living. I still have to, you know, no one's gonna like find you. Everybody, nobody really makes it. Is what I feel like. Is what I've felt like for a long time. And it was nice to hear other people who have made, you know, uh, think the other people on the panel had made like two movies I think and yeah to know that you know you just got to keep going and keep doing it and you know that just made me feel better it's so easy to get down on yourself especially when you spend years doing a project and then years getting distribution and then you know having your aggregator go bankrupt on you you know just one thing distributor god but but no it was it was really great and um talking to the wretched guys after you know they were saying the same kinds of things so it was i had a good time for sure nice awesome gavin last words no i mean it's just always a treasure and like i for me like i i can't get enough of hearing just how much sounds almost cruel but like it, it's it's really great to hear other people struggling because <laughs> right. and like as many times as you hear because we're all going through a lot of very similar problems that are all very unique because every project's different and everyone you know has to get made and they're gonna have to go through certain trials and tribulations but that story doesn't get old because yeah as you were saying that's just something that keeps going if you're gonna try and make movies it doesn't really get easier it just gets different right yeah and i think it's easy to get so down on yourself but to to realize too that the industry is in the place it's in and you can't fight it and everyone's experiencing the same thing so like it's easy to think if you're not like in a community it's easy to think like oh i failed but when you're talking to everyone else and everyone's having the same problems mostly because of the nature of where the industry is at especially with like aggregators and distributors uh and no one's making money is so freaking hard like you're like no actually i didn't fail it's just everybody's going through it we're all facing the same thing so right you gotta keep that in mind the other thing i liked which i don't think is gonna make it into the actual podcast because i don't think they recorded the uh questions but uh it was either brett or drew was talking about film festivals and how like like how expensive it is and that like one of the things they learned over their time making movies, which I've heard before, but it's really great to remind yourself of is that when you get into a film festival, don't immediately say yes, ask, 
oh, I'm so honored that you chose me for our film for, for your festival. Do you have a travel budget or any kind of travel stipend that you can offer if we were, if we were to accept, uh, you know, and, and go and go to your film festival? Because I think like asking that question, like maybe that festival doesn't do that, but like if they do do that, now you're gonna have a chance to get it. Whereas if you didn't ask, they're not gonna just give it to you all the time. Sometimes they will, but they won't always. So. I feel like like there's definitely a lesson to be learned there about just asking for travel budget for you know film festivals. Yeah, they also just to reiterate like because uh, Bringing Avocado has been doing its festival run for a while now, and we've been really really lucky that a lot of the festivals have treated us really well. Um, like I've gone to a few. I got to like Dubuque, Iowa was a regional festival that treated us oh wow amazingly well. Like the they put us up in people's houses, kind of like. People would give their spare bedrooms to filmmakers <laughs> and stuff. Wow. And the thing that they also, those, uh, the directors um, were talking about was building community at festival because a lot of these festivals are international and all that. And it's really cool to have pen pals. But there's also, especially if you're in like, uh, you know, one of the bigger cities like LA or New York that's putting out a lot of films, those filmmakers go to all the festivals too. And you'll meet people who may have lived down the block from you that you wouldn't meet just randomly out there, but you can meet right. them at festivals and your community around you, you kind of wind up meeting in weird places, which is kind of cool. Yeah, totally. Awesome. All right. Any other, is it time to go to talk about the alternate now? It's time to talk about the alternate now. Okay. Put it off long enough. All right. Well, what do you guys want to know? <laughs> well, all right. So you got eight, little over eight days left, between eight and nine days left. Right, right. Where, what is your status right now? So, uh, as of this recording, and I'm just going to refresh to make sure it's still true, I think we're at 49% of our goal. Um, and yeah, it's like ridiculous. We're, I think, $19 away from getting to 50%. We're, we're essentially 50%. We're just $19 short of 50. It says 49 when it really should say 50. Um, but we have eight days left and six, eight days and 16 hours left on this sucker and um yeah i feel like probably a little unreasonably optimistic about things like i kind of think like it's gonna work out you know um all things will pass yeah (laughs) I i don't know why i feel that way um because i've you know i've been sending emails um you know, every day and like messaging people on Facebook and like, you know, some time I'll send 20 emails and not hear anything back, you know, and then maybe three days later, like two or three of those people from that batch of emails will like put in between a hundred to $500 total, you know, between the three of them. And it's like, Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. That's a little bump, you know, but then, yeah, I mean, I guess to, to realistically hit our goal, we're going to have to do way better than a few hundred dollars a day. Like it's going to have to be, like a more than that. <laughs> you know? Can I can I ask um, how many sure. days did you decide to run your campaign for? Thirty. And I don't think there's a an, another. Well, I mean, I think the only other right answer to that is probably fifteen. But I don't think the forty-five day campaigns are good good calls. It, it's very dangerous to have to promote for that long, even for your mental sanity. Right. Well, I think it's not just that. I think there's some sort of timing rhythm thing that like when you're in 30 days or I've never done a 15 day one, but I've seen them be successful before. So I feel like they seem good to me. But like when you're on 30 days, it's just like this nice number where it's four weeks. You know, you've got like a really good bump in the beginning. You've got like the dead space for like, you know, 20 days or so. And then you have like the last bump at the end. And it's like you have a nice middle 
it just feels good. Like 45, it's like, what's the middle is 22 days. It's like three and a half. It just feels weird. It's just like this weird space. And so I just don't, I didn't want to do that. And I felt like, you know, I should be able to get this done in 30 days. Like that's like the standard and that's what people expect. And I think it just seemed like the right thing. Yeah. And those 15 days ones, like so much of that work is going in before those 15 days start, which it should oh, yeah. in all of them, but like, sure, of course that, that crunch just makes you really do your homework beforehand. It's like hyper version of 30. It's like, if you do 15, it's like, you're just going to be on fire all the time. Like no breaks. Like in the 31, at least like once you get to a certain percentage, you can just like, I'll take a weekend off and chill, you know, or like I'll give myself a night off here. I won't stay up till 4am making, you know, like portal picks <laughs> this night, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I think when you're doing the 15, like there's definitely no way to stop. You have to go the whole time, you know, which might be good. I don't know. So, so you're here now in LA and you can't made this trip and you're, you're staying, uh, staying here with me. Right. And what are you doing down here? What's, what's, what have you been up to? I mean, you went to the podcast, but why'd you come, why else did you come down here? Well, originally, so I kind of came to the podcast because I, this live show, just because I love them, but also because I felt like it might be a good place to just sort of talk to people and like be visible about the, the movie, which didn't necessarily come to pass. Like, I think I talked to a few people about it and I actually did get a couple uh, contributions this morning from people I met last night, but I think it was more like just for me, you know, just like a fun thing to do and to, like you said, be inspired, you know? Um, but then I got a couple of meetings out of it. So I have a meeting in a couple of hours with a potential investor, um, for the movie, which is great. And then I have an actor, uh, I have a meeting with an actor, um, who might be in the movie, um, on Tuesday morning. So that's pretty exciting. And he's actually in the show, the Wu Tang show, uh, Wu Tang, uh, an American saga, which I'm a huge fan of. So I'm kind of like going to be fanboying out a little bit tomorrow morning. I'm going to try to hold it in, but, uh, you know, and he plays one of the lead three characters, so it's pretty pretty exciting. I'll ask you more about that later. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Should I not? Andrew, you, you tell me, man. Like, you've been through this thing. Should I not be t- telling people who I'm meeting with? It's probably not. It's like the uncouth thing to do, right? Like, you got to sort of, like, keep that secret until it's official. Is that the deal? Usually, yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't say his name, so leave you guys all the Yeah, guess. I mean, I think, <laughs> I, yeah, you, you can guess. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think you, you, and you'll be wrong. Yeah, you, I mean, you didn't you didn't give away the name or anything, and I mean, you got to no. be a little honest with us and the listeners, so you know. Sure. Yeah. Please. I mean, and it's a big like thing I'm questioning a lot is like who to cast in the movie. Like, I have like really great cast in the Bay Area who I love, who I've already talked to about being in the main roles. Um, you know, as kind of a backup and sort of like if we don't raise enough money to be able to make an offer to um, an L.A. actor and then be able to put them up and all that stuff. So I kind of have a really good solid background backup plan. But then like from the talking to all the filmmakers, it almost sounds like my backup plan should be my A plan. That's what they would do in my situation. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of tough to decide what to do. No, no reactions, guys. No, no. I thought I thought Gavin was gonna say something. Um, I thought I was too. Sorry. Oh no, that's cool. So you're. You looked like you're gonna say something. <laughs> I was like, oh, Gavin. Oh, it's no. it's just like that kind of reiteration. I know that you were, you were mentioning someone else who was strong with it, but like at the end of the day, you're gonna choose somebody and they're gonna do great. Like what you're what right. you're describing is that there are several people who would be good in this role, and you are balancing the choice between them for you know different reasons. At the end of the day. It's whatever is going to make your movie best, and right. that's a criteria that you're still working on. Right. Yeah, I uh, 
I agree. All right, I mean, are you, so what's your daily routine like through this crowdfunding thing? Like, I think I, I woke you up at 6.30 or 7 this morning because we were going to get up early and work, but like, what's right. your typical day looking like these days? Well, so, well, so I, I pretty much, like, I have lots of other things that will be happening in between, like I'll have podcasts to record or meetings to go to or whatever, but like the main thing is to get up and um, either send emails to people or get on Facebook and write direct messages to people on Facebook and ask for contributions directly. And that seems to be the way that most of my contributions have come in or emailing people that I know personally and asking them to contribute, you know? Um, so all the emails I'm doing, it's like a nice big like mix of people. Like some of it are like, producers I've worked for years ago who I haven't seen in a long time who were really cool and we got along and like I was like oh yeah can you help me out you know and then some of it's like old family friends or you know I'm doing a lot of it where I go through my Kickstarter that I did seven years ago and email all the people in my Kickstarter um, you know like campaign email list and ask them directly for contributions and like remind them who I am and like, oh, I haven't taught you in seven years and like do some research and like, when did I last talk to this person and like see what we talked about and then like reference that conversation in the email and be like, oh, remember last time we talked, we were both doing this, blah, blah, blah. So what are you doing now? And then just go from there. And, and that seems to work pretty well because it's like it's like reconnecting. It's not just asking for money. It's like you're making a reconnect, like reconnecting with, with someone that you knew a long time ago, you know. And that seems to resonate and uh, get people interested in supporting if, if they like the movie, you know, I think a lot of it's project dependent. Well, there, there is something like um, that building up that email list and, you know, again, that community that you're, you're uh, coming back to that has supported you in the past. And that probably at the time might have been project dependent, but what they're supporting even then is right. you. And that's something that um, the guy who did under road whose name jim cummings has always talked about is like the importance of that email list and that you are building a following as much as a specific movie and now that following is what's going to continue to let you make films it's like we were talking about coppola's right. oil well yeah or, and that's like the modern day thing and like you know i'm a little creeped out by uh influencer culture but it's it's a, just a hyper version of that is that even though we you know people in, in our community are making films that like we're hoping people want to see part of what they're there to see is us right and i think the oil well for anyone who doesn't know is uh uh coppola's winery and his hotel business that's his his oil well uh when i worked with him that's what he told us all is that get find your oil well so you can you know, have money be made for you without your involvement, and then you can use that money to, to make movies. So right now, video production is my oil well. I don't know if it's a very good one. It's more like a manual labor camp of some kind that I have to go to every day, but, uh, you know, still it's working. And what was Francis Ford Coppola's <laughs> other advice? Oh, so this is this is Gavin's story that I didn't actually oh, wasn't really privy to this uh, information until he told the story last night. Um, I mean, but, that's not my story. I've just had it recounted to me by yeah, a couple it's, people. It's really Sean Lynch's story, right? Correct. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh, he's a future guest. Well, previous guest and and future guest. But yeah, what he what he said was that when he'd asked Francis directly, privately, like what his advice was for him as a filmmaker, and his advice was to get married, which is interesting. Did he say anything more than that, or was that? I it? mean, I, you'll have to ask Sean when he comes <laughs> on the show. <laughs> okay, we'll get Sean to tell that story. Yeah, was there any kind of follow up, or just get married, and that was it? I don't you know. Figure the rest out. 
just a little context. Sean and I both worked on Francis's last movie, Twixt, um, back in 2011. Um, so that's actually where I met Sean. I was, I was a production coordinator, and Sean was a PA. And uh, we got along really well, from even from that experience, and just stayed friends. And actually, he came to work uh, with me at Studio B Films after that. And so it was just like the start of a friendship. And um, you know, now we're going to collaborate on a movie together, which is exciting, which I'll talk about a lot soon not yet <laughs> red snow it's good i can't wait but go to the alternate that's what we need we need your support there first <laughs> so let's let's talk about what the next eight days look like then right so i think it's like emails every day i'm kind of running out of people to email but i have um about 60 emails prepped in my uh gmail right now like ready to be sent so like my process is to like you know kind of include like a basic little bit of messaging like the link and like a little information about the project in between the link or on either side of the link, I should say. And then the majority of the email is personal. So it's like direct to that person. So I write like whatever, 20 personal emails every day. So I'm going to try to like fire off as many of these as I can eat today and tomorrow. And then um, when I get back on Wednesday, um, I'd have to do all the portal picks that I'm wait. I have like probably 30, no, not 30, 20, 20 portal picks to do that I'm waiting in the portal picks are these things that you might have been seeing on Facebook where it's a person in a portal or a person in a movie like you have your choice like you put yourself in a movie or you can put yourself in the portal whatever you want and uh, those seem to get really good outreach so Wednesday morning basically whenever I get back on Tuesday night I'm going to stay up as late as I have to to finish all the portal picks and then Wednesday morning post all the portal picks on Wednesday morning or maybe do a batch in the morning and a batch in the afternoon then send out 20 more emails at least and then start just messaging more people on Facebook directly and just like every day just messaging people directly on Facebook and starting conversations basically because it's like it's not necessarily like I'll just ask them right away like it's more like hey how are you doing what's going on have you seen this yeah this is my crowdfunding campaign oh what have you been up to oh yeah blah blah, blah. and then if we start a dialogue then it's like the ask comes later or I'll just like just fire off like if they if they're not um, responding to me, then I'll just fire off the, the, everything like the link and the ask, and then just move on to the next person, and then that works really well, you know. Do you have any so when you're building those uh, those uh, shop movie scenes, I guess. Right. Do you do you have any stored up that people haven't asked yet? Because I'm sure you you expected some from Alien. You maybe expected some from Terminator. Right. Well, I made, so for the examples, I did Star Trek and I did Terminator and I did Alien. No, no, not Terminator. Sorry. I did, I think just Alien and Star Trek. And then I got one Star Trek recommendation, like request, but not from the stuff, not from TNG. They wanted Star Trek, The Voyage Home, as, as she put in her email, <laughs> the one with the whales. So I was like, okay. So I found that. And I, it's really hard to find a good one for that one, but I found one and she liked it a lot. So that was cool. Um, but no, most of them are just requests. Got the passenger with freaking uh, Chris Pratt and, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember J Law. That was the <laughs> weirdest one. Davey, you're listening, man. No, what a, he's like, that's my favorite sci fi movie. Davey, I don't know, man. But, um, Glad there's some fan for that movie out there. But yeah, I've gotten a lot of different ones, and but there's a lot of Alien and Aliens. It seems to be pretty popular, you know? So you're asking for sci-fi specifically? Yeah, sci-fi or genre. I mean, somebody said Jurassic Park. They're like, Jurassic Park or Blade Runner 2049, and I was like, you know what? Like, I like, I'll just do Jurassic Park. I mean, Blade Runner 2049 was probably more on brand with the movie, but I was like, eh, I like Jurassic Park a lot, and that was a fun one to do. Um, so if I had asked for what about Bob, would you have done what about Bob? For you? For me? Yes, I would have. Okay. Of course. 
You can change right. your mind if you want What About Bob. I don't think it would be worth you spending your time <laughs> on putting me in a What About Bob portal. Right. I don't think that's a good... I, I would feel like a bad friend. I mean, <laughs> he's got eight days to fill. Like, you know. Yeah, you don't yeah. have anything to do anyway. Yeah, you should... Right. Nothing to do at all. I'm also, like, pre-prepping the movie at the same time. So I'm, like, doing investor meetings and, like, meeting with my first AD on Thursday. And I'm going to go to this film festival um, in San Jose on Thursday. The San Jose International Short Film Festival to try to, like, meet people and get them to go to the crowdfunding campaign. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get myself out there as much as I can, you know. Now, this might be... Uh not an interesting place to go but out of curiosity how much are you paying attention to the like as well or like the follow button is it in scene spark yeah i'm telling people to follow in all my asks you know so like it's you know if you can't um if you can't contribute just create an account and follow is like my my secondary ask but i got like 140 follows and then like i think 115 supporters you know so i don't know I mean, but you got to get to a thousand before it makes a difference, right? Well, I mean, the main thing there that I remember from uh, Bring Me an Avocado is you are building that network because eventually you're going to need people to or want people to watch this movie. Oh, right. And that is that same Kickstarter email list that you're talking about. You're the right. Seed and Spark one. Um, you know, the email list is is really passive for just hitting follow and oh yeah you have to assume that those people are interested enough to at least get an email later right yeah so i mean i'm, I'm definitely trying to get people to follow too um you know that's definitely part of my ask i actually i so the original ask it was contribute follow share and then i felt like my email was too long and clunky so i just cut the share part i was like you know, if they're going to share on social media, they'll share on social media, you know, like I don't think it's as I think I'd rather them follow and contribute than share, you know, but maybe I should keep that messaging. And I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it matters? Yeah, keep it in. I mean, it's if it's good. The third thing, it's at least one, you know, they might be less likely to do it, but there's no reason not to. Yeah. Not asking them is not going to make them do it. OK, well, I don't know if you don't ask them, then at least it's just a, it's a smaller email. Like maybe they'll read it versus like hit tr- trash when they get the email. You know. At that point, you're already putting so much into it, and that's just like one line. Right. Share. True. It's, just, it's small. Good, po- good point. Okay, you guys, you changed my mind. I'll put it back in. Done. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, what else am I doing? I, I feel like it's really like the, the digital outreach is really where this is like going to be successful. And I have three more podcasts that I was a guest on. They're going to air, I think, all this week. So I'm on the Just Shoot It podcast. I'm on... Respect the process with Jordan Brady, which I was really honored that Jordan had me on a show because I'm like the least fitting for that podcast. But uh, it was a really fun conversation. And then uh, Noam Kroll's podcast, uh, Show Don't Tell. So I just recorded that one earlier today. So those are, I think, all going to come out this week. So those will be good to share. And like hopefully I'll be hitting new um, markets or net markets, but new networks with each one because like it's going to be the fans of those shows who probably never even heard of me before or maybe have never heard of makeup movies is harder are, are you gonna do a, uh, any crossover episodes with uh show don't tell well it's not really a crossover episode it's more like i'm just a guest on his show right um, but he's been a guest on my show before so um yeah maybe we'll do a cross a proper crossover at some point i want to do a crossover with audrey uh, loves actors audrey helps actors sorry audrey getting that wrong twice now and I, I talked to her for like 10 20 minutes yesterday and i only found out after i talked to her that she's in one of my favorite shows godless and she plays a badass fucking role on that show. And she's like one of the women like who like throw down at the end. It's like fucking awesome. So, Audrey, sorry I didn't geek out over you more yesterday when I met you because I'm a huge Godless fan. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, but hopefully she'll be on the show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, 
I guess I'm getting a little stressed out yeah. at this point because <laughs> um, I, I feel confident, but then um, I'll like get a text from my producer and then she'll be like, oh, yeah, it's not going so well. Like, oh, I wish we get more support and more backers. I'm like, what? We're 50%. We're, we're doing great. Come on. And then, you know, and then you don't get like, uh, you know, like we're, we're still at 50%, but not even at 50% yet. So it's it's like ah I guess if we were over at fifty if we were at fifty five percent I'd be feeling way better if we were at sixty percent I'd be feeling way better but really I've kind of thrown out the idea of getting to a hundred like, I just don't think that's gonna happen I think I'm gonna get to eighty <laughs> that's my goal if I can get to eighty percent all all's well like we're only even like in our budgeting we only count twenty <laughs> like we don't, when we're like saying like oh what we're gonna get from Seed and Spark we don't even say twenty five we're like that's not happening it's gonna be twenty you know if that but like I'm still confident despite my n- neurotic nervousness I'm still confident we're gonna get to eighty percent I think it'll happen yeah I think you guys are in- but I don't know what what should I be doing. Like, if you were somebody who hadn't heard of this yet, and you maybe you knew me and you thought I was an okay person, but you didn't know I was making a movie, like, what would you want to see from me in order to like be excited to like help me out? Well, the big question to that is, do you think those people exist? Yeah, I do. I definitely do. I think there's a lot of people who know me who don't know that I'm making a movie. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest misconception of crowdfunding and and social media stuff is that you think as soon as you put it on Facebook and Twitter and that you announce to the world that you're making this thing, that everybody you know knows that you're doing it, that's totally not true. Like the whole point of emailing people is to let them know what you're doing so they're aware that you're actually even making a movie. Because I think there's a lot of people who aren't on Facebook anymore. There's a lot of people who don't even look at Facebook or Twitter if they are on those things. And so, and it's easy, especially on Twitter, to miss stuff, you know? So I think the main I think that there's got to be a lot of people who know me who who think I'm an okay person who would maybe want to support the project who don't even know what's happening. So I'm just trying to reach those people, you know. That that's actually awesome to hear that that's uh where your head's at cuz that's I mean for me would be a hard place to get to because <laughs> really? that is extremely true that like Twitter is just ephemeral like nothing is going to stick for very long and Facebook right. is also, you know, very much a vast wasteland. And that's the thing about emails is that they'll sit with like the reminder that someone actually has to read it to get rid of it. Unless right. it's going to junk mail, which pr- probably not. And there probably are some people who haven't heard from me in such a long time that maybe I am going to junk when I send them an email. So I have to assume that if I haven't heard back from them, that they may not have gotten my email, you know? And so that's why like even double dipping like on Facebook, if like I emailed them that I haven't heard back, like I'm not afraid to like send them a message on Facebook if they haven't contributed yet and be like, hey, like I might have said, I think I sent you an email, but here's my campaign. Check it out if you have a chance. You know, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, no, I think that's entirely healthy. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's also true. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that if I announce something into the world, Andrew, that like everyone should know? No, I mean you're right that people like we just sort of assume that once we put it up, everybody knows. But Facebook algorithms, I mean, they're not. You're not going to reach everybody. It's it's just that's not the way Facebook works anymore. And a lot of people don't yeah. sort by most recent. And a lot of people don't go on in the day you do it. And then it's old news. So Facebook doesn't show it or, right. you know, it's you really have. And also like in advertising or whatever, like working in marketing, people have to see something like seven times before they really it really registers and they're willing to do something about it unless they really know you. So if you're going after anybody who like 
maybe you haven't talked to in a while or whatever, you have to like have repeated exposure just to get their attention and get them to even think about donating. Like, cause what you're trying to do is like connect to people emotionally at the end of the day, you want people who like right. connect to you to give you money. They're investing in you, not necessarily in the project. They want to be involved with something that, that you're doing and that they think, you know, will get made. So they need to feel like, um, part of the process, which means they need to connect to you emotionally. So right, like, right. even if it's, it doesn't mean like, Oh, I love all Ricky's. It just means like you have to tap into something and that takes repeated times to do it. And not even the biggest corporations can do that in one go. So it is like, you got to really pump it. Right. Totally. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, never, I never want to assume that they've already seen it. I always should just, but like, you don't want to be the guy who's like blasting it in an, an obnoxious way. I think that if you just like, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I just want to tell you about my movie that I'm making. You know, I think that's like a really great intro to the to the conversation. Entirely. And that's that's not easy to keep that headspace. I think that's really awesome that you were able to. Right. I did, I did get with somebody who I reached out to. I'm going to call you out, Ben Yanny. I'm sorry, man. But uh, he was on the show um, <laughs> and I reached out to him and he like kind of gave me a, a little lecture about how like, you know, he hadn't heard from me in a long time and uh, it's not necessarily appropriate to uh, be, uh, you know, appro- asking for money. It's not the best way to, he, what he worded it. He's like, it's not the best way to approach somebody to say, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Give me some money. Um, and then it's so hilarious and I love you, Ben. I love you very much. But then in the next text, I talk about it all in my book, the, the you know, blah, 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 film marketing. You can learn all about how not to do that in my book here. So he like That's amazing. lectured me and then reversed, did the same thing to me back again. And then I like profusely apologized to Val. I was like, sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to come off that way. You know, I, uh, and then he'd said something about like how I didn't follow him on Twitter, but I'd had actually been retweeting his oh, stuff man. on Twitter. Like I had been retweeting his, uh, production next tweets. Cause he'll mention making movies is hard when we talked about it on, in Twitter all the time. And I'll just re- we retweet them casually. And then he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize and then like he's like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's okay, Ben. But uh, that's great. I feel like you. Do, it's like even if you, if I feel like I'm approaching it in a very like you know, open, humble way, and not in a very aggressive way. But I feel like you can come off aggressive, even no matter how you do it. So I don't know. It is tough, but I feel like you just have to, yeah, like you said, keep that headspace that you're just. I'm just trying to reconnect with you. I haven't seen you in a long time. This is what I'm doing. Well, I mean, I think that's also just important in community, too, is just reconnecting in general. Right. And it's not easy to, like, and it's not always easy to even accept those those asks, too. And, you know, someone might be in a bad headspace or just overwhelmed, and it can be hard to look at an email, and it can sit there for three days, like you were saying. Right. So right. it's remembering to, like, keep that headspace and empathy for the people you're reaching out to, because they're going to have it, hopefully, for you as well. Exactly. So I overall optimistically feel like I'm doing pretty well, but from your guys' perspective on the out, outside, how does it look like the campaign's doing from your perspectives? Uh, I think, I mean, from the outside perspective, I think you guys are doing everything right, truthfully, because you're like super engaged with the community. You did reward structure that makes sense. And like, you're really out there pushing it. And you've got, I don't know, right now, you think it was 115 people donating, which right. is awesome. Um, and I do think that, like, when you get 
you know, you're just in like the soggy middle right now a little bit, <laughs> but you're going to come out of it. And I do think you're going to get a lot more near the end that's going to push you over. And probably some, you know, the biggest donations will come with like a few days left because that's when people, they're putting off, some of the people who like will make bigger donations, I guarantee you are waiting they just don't know what it looks like yet huh. because maybe they want to like really be the one to help push it, but they don't want to do it yet because it, huh. they also, so here's the thing. Here's my theory on it or whatever, but people really do want to feel emotionally connected to the things that they're spending money on or that they're donating to. And if some people want to be the one who that pushes you over the edge or to get you far enough. So they want to be the one to get you to a certain percentage. They want you, they want to be the thing that you're celebrating about you know, the ones who are going to donate. I'm not saying that everyone's like this, but like I guarantee you you're going to get, well, I can't guarantee anything. My experience has been when I've fundraised and, and gone after investors and crowdfunded is that you will get these people coming out at the end who want to be the ones to really push you over because you're going to pay special attention to them. If someone gives you two grand when you're at 45%, yeah, it's going to get you pretty far and you're going to be really grateful, but it's not the same as giving somebody two grand that pushes you over the limit. And that's actually right. means a lot to people. Right. So, you know, I, I think you're in good shape. Yeah. Well, tell that story, uh, Andrew, about what happened to your crowdfunding campaign. If you feel comfortable sharing, yeah. you told me just earlier today. Yeah, no, it's cool. No, we were uh, doing a 30 day crowdfunding campaign for age of reason last feature film. And, our goal was 20,000 and we got to uh, just under 20 or just over 20 with like an hour to go and we were celebrating and like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. And then I looked down and with like 30 minutes left, uh, you know, uh, Walt Wally or I think it was by Walter now, Walter Hall. Uh, put in five grand and and got us to twenty five thousand and we never met him. Wow. But he'd been following us for thirty days because we wow. had a write up in IndieWire and we're on the front page <laughs> of Kickstarter and he'd That's been amazing. he'd been watching us and um, that was when he decided to like pull the plug after that long after he was scoping us out and then he came on board and now we're like good friends and he's a producer and wow so That's awesome stuff like that happens. But then we also had family who came in at you know pretty later on who were like kind of waiting. So I think you're, you have a good chance of doing that. There's we'll also, see. There's also just that, like, you know, they'll get to it is like an attitude that we all have when it comes to, <laughs> right. you know, having to fill out a form with your credit card information. Like it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a chore. Yeah. They're putting right. it off a little bit. And, right. and at a certain point, then there isn't any more time to do that. And that's when those people need to have you fresh in their mind. Right. And it's those reach outs. Yeah. 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 Totally. I have two questions for you guys. Um, one's crowdfunding related, one's not, but I'll do the crowdfunding one first. How do you guys feel about re-emailing people who I who have not heard back from me, so or I have not heard back from? So if I emailed like I'm emailing a hundred people, hundreds of people, and like let's say I give like forty people who it's just no response, do you think it's appropriate to like? email those people again and be like, Hey, just checking in. If you got my email, we're, we're closing out in, t in 10 days. If you can support or five days, if you could support, that'd be fantastic. Thanks so much. Or do you think that's rude and bad? I mean, it's a little bit case by case on, on who the emails is, but in general, I would say that it's absolutely fine. Like it's people lose emails all the time. I lose ones that I've been like looking for. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, do you listen to reply all? Uh, my wife does. So that they've gotten that the, the idea of just, a, it's a little bit off track, but the idea of email debt forgiveness day, which oh, is interesting, which is that like, 
people's emails, especially when they get to a certain amount, just sit there. And by the time you read it, it might be too late. And having just that second reminder to check that first email, or if they've missed it, like they clicked it and it became unread, that happens way more often to me than mm. I would assume. So right. I would say on the offhand chance, it's absolutely like, especially if they haven't said, you know, they're not, not, they're not responding to your email. It means they might not seen it. You don't right. know. It's not like they're saying fuck off. They're just saying. Exactly. Like they just haven't gotten to it or something. Right. And so the, the reminder of follow-up email is absolutely fine. Um, and I would encourage it. Andrew? Yeah. And I agree. Like what Gavin was saying about um, like people are putting it off because it, you got to put it into credit card information and it forces people to really think about it. Like, and they have to reorient, like. If somebody's gonna give, I don't know, I, I don't know why I'm focusing on bigger donations, but like if someone's gonna give like a hundred dollars or more, like people actually have to look at their budget. Some right. people, and it, and it right. takes time and concentration, and the, you know, so they're like, oh, I'll put it off, you know, I'll, I'll do it, but like I'll put it off. But there's always a chance that that they want it to, and they might forget. So I think like a reminder email is like totally cool, and you should do it. Nice. Okay. Perfect. And then um, the other question is, so this is kind of unrelated, but it's movie related. So while we were sitting here um, talking about this, I got two emails. I got one from a potential investor back in San Francisco saying the only time they have to meet this week is tomorrow. Can I meet tomorrow in San Francisco for lunch? Um, and, uh, you know, this is a person who I've been talking to for a couple weeks now. They're a potential investor. They seem very interested and excited about it, but they're just a very busy person. So that seems pretty big. And then at the same time, like, or just like moments ago, I got an email from the actor who I was talking about on, uh, the Wu-Tang show and they can't meet at the, at the same time tomorrow. They can meet after 5 PM tomorrow night. So it's like, okay. I have a choice. Do I say, no, I'm not available, blah, 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 whatever, to the actor guy, or maybe try to see if they can meet tonight instead? Be like, actually, I can't meet tomorrow. Can they meet tonight? And then come back early for the investor meeting? Or do I say, no thanks to the investor meeting, and then do whatever the actor wants to do, and then risk them having reschedule again or something? Um, what do you guys think? Well, I, I think, all right, my, my opinion would be, um, you know, this meeting with the actor is probably not going to be super long, right? Like, like I don't know what you, I mean, have they, they have the script yet? Uh, yeah, they, they were sent the script. I have no idea if they read it or not. My guess is that it won't be, like, super long, so maybe maybe you could see them for like a half hour tonight right but you know i would i would talk to your producer and see what see what do you think like does your producer have a relationship with this investor no it's a it's actually my personal connection oh, okay yeah yeah i might i mean that's a tough one man i don't know because the investor you know you don't want to they're both sort of they're both sort of new situations because he wants to the actor also wants to reschedule so right I don't know. I feel like my instinct is to be to do what you said to do the rescheduling thing, but uh, and then see where that goes, you know. And then if they're not, then if they say no, we can only do tomorrow night. Then decide again what to do. But Gavin, what do you think, man? I mean, I'd just be open with them as much as you can. Like, they're one of them is asking you to reschedule. That's an ask. Like, you know, they're trying to make time for you, and you, you know. If it doesn't work for that moment, is there another time that can work? LA is a bit of a trek from the Bay, but it's something that it's doable. And, right. And the investor, it's the same thing. Like that sounds extremely important. And if they are being very open with their schedule and their time and being like, this is when I can make it work. If another time is not going to work for a bit, like, and you can accommodate it, that's important too. It's just about, uh, you know, I would still hope that you can do both and 
ask and see if someone is flexible and it's up to you to kind of like feel that out. But I would still try and do both. Okay. I I guess my instinct tells me that the, the investor meeting, like, okay, well, for one thing, I'm not even sure what I want to do with my actor situation. Like there's a, there's a reality where I would be like, Oh, I'll just want to work with the actors I know anyways. So it's like, that seems like less secure, but it's like, I always want the investor support no matter what, like that's, and then based off them knowing me personally already, um, and, uh, you know, them expressing the interest they've expressed in the project. And like, we've been going back and forth for like two weeks or, or more about meeting times. It feels like if they got an availability, I should take it because, you know, who knows when I'll have another chance to meet with them. And it could be not for weeks, you know, and maybe now's the time where they're going to get involved. And if they don't become an investor in the movie, then maybe they could be a crowdfunding supporter to some extent. It's just, I don't know. It seems like the, that's the more immediate like thing that I should be focusing on is the funding. And the actor thing is like you said, I could always get another meeting with him later if he's really interested, you know? Yeah. And that, that seems respectful to both of them, you know, the actors asking if tomorrow's available. If it's not, like that's okay. That's honest, and they then you can move from there and find another time. Well, the the, the thing is, if the, he hadn't rescheduled, then I wouldn't have been available for the investor meeting, anyways. But like now that he's rescheduled, now it's like opened up this other opportunity. So it's like okay, well, suddenly now I could make this investor meeting, you know. So uh, I don't know, but I think I think that's the plan, and I'm gonna go with it. And well, I'll tell you guys how it works out. I'm gonna do the ask if we can do it tonight, and if you can't, then see about doing it I don't know then see what we could do it later I don't know the thing that's what I'm gonna do I don't know I'll probably call my producer and ask him too <laughs> that's real sounds good yeah. all right any other last words of encouragement for me about this crowdfunding campaign guys any last things you're doing great thanks Gavin appreciate it and I want to say thanks to both of you guys Gavin and Andrew both uh, were our contributors to the campaign I really really appreciate you guys' contribution it's huge um, couldn't do it without you guys. Of course. I'm excited to see it. We're here to help. Yeah, thank you. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time, right. Look at look at us building a community. I know. Look it's, at what we're doing. It's beautiful. Oh, man. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll take us out here. Uh, Gavin, where can people find you if they want to look at your stuff? Um, got a website, gavinvmurray.com. V is in... Uh, Victor, but it's actually for Velasquez. And same thing with the uh, at in front of everything else for Gavin V. Murray. Nice. And Andrew? Uh, you can find my uh, work at Andrew J. Schrader, S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R. So andrewjschrader.com. And um, if you sign up for my email list, you can get a free uh, book of short stories. First in a series of three uh, short story collections that are uh, very fun to read. So get a free book and say hi nice awesome yeah and another shout out to the just shoot it guys for a wonderful live show last night that was awesome um if you guys haven't listened to the just shoot it podcast you should it's a great podcast um yeah big fan number one fan over here um all right i'm gonna take us out so thanks uh for listening everybody for this little crazy bonus episode this emotional breakdown episode whatever you want to call it um, you can go to our website at makingmoviesishard.com to find all links to the things we talked about on the show, including all the wonderful podcasts we mentioned and, of course, the crowdfunding campaign and all the other good stuff. Uh, you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com uh, where you can email us directly and ask questions, suggest topics, all that stuff. Um, and then you can also follow us on iTunes and 
uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at MMIH Podcast. And then if you want to leave a review for us on iTunes or Stitcher, that's awesome too. And yeah, Andrew, Gavin, thanks guys for a great episode. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Talk to you guys in like a few days. Later.